Welcome, Thought Leaders. I'm Beck Sands. I'm Andres Lopez-Varela, and you're listening to The Thought Leader Show. If you're an ambitious professional, exec, CEO, or business owner looking to grow your personal brand and become a thought leader, you're in the right place. We'll bring you inspiring chats with people who use their personal brand to create successful careers or businesses and become thought leaders in their field. We'll also talk through some of the practical steps and must-dos that you can action to build your own personal brand. And this is what we're most excited about. You're going to see how being a thought leader gives you the opportunity to help others and support people to realize their goals. A personal brand might sound self-serving, but we're here to show you how it can actually have a positive impact on you, your community, and who knows, maybe even the world. Hello, hello. I am so, so excited to be here recording episode one of the Thought Leader Show. It's been a long time coming. It has been a long time coming. It feels like we've been talking about this forever. Uh, I'm Andres. And I am Beck. Okay, now that everyone knows who's who, uh, we are very excited to kick off this podcast. It's something that you and I have been talking about, gosh, for 12 months. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to put that months. out there. 12 yep. months. You know, maybe an elephant could have had a baby at the time. Uh, and, <laughs> Probably. And podcast, so, yes. But we're very happy to be here. We're very happy to be talking about thought, leadership, personal brands. It's something that you and I uh, have a very nerdy interest in, obviously, given our career, our professional history, working in PR and marketing and uh, comms and, and all manner of related fields. So, I mean, this seems like the perfect vehicle for us to um, you know, mull over what it is to be a thought leader, what a personal brand is and why that's good for you and good for the world, I guess. Yeah. And I feel like this is going to be something that will not only profile diverse thought leaders in their field, but just really pick their brains as to how this can apply for you as well, the listener, mm. um, and how you can apply that to your own career, whether you're in career in a career or if you're in business for yourself. I really feel like yes, we all yes. need personal brands. We all need that little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit to reach the heights that we want to get to in our fields, whether we're in a career or whether we're in business for ourselves. And to do that, we do really need to be visible. We need to be seen for the work that we do. We People need to know what we do and, and who we are and what we stand for. And so that's really the crux of uh, what we're going to really be delving into here so that we can support you to do the same. And to you, dear listener, thank you so much for being here. We're very grateful for you uh, spending some of your, your time, some of your day with us. We know that, uh, you know, time is the greatest gift you can give. So thanks for that present. <laughs> I don't even know you, but thanks for the presents. Um, and hopefully uh, we can return, uh, you know, you can get a good return on investment for your time here. And and today our first guest is, who is it, Beck? It is Fleur Madden, who is the CEO uh, for women's job site, Freelancing Gems. Uh, and I'm really excited to interview her because I'm actually a part of Freelancing Gems. You are. You're a gem. I am a gem. Yes, they call them gems. And it's a really a cool community for mainly for female uh, freelance consultants uh, who are working for themselves across Australia. Yeah. Yeah. And Fleur is very passionate about the future of work for women, about diversity, inclusion, and women, you know, being paid what they're worth, which uh, obviously is um, a very important and valuable um, uh, pursuit. 
but she's also spent her whole career creating opportunities for women. So this is what's really interesting about Fleur, that this isn't something that she dreamed up, you know, a few years ago. Uh, um, she She's an award-winning businesswoman. She's a very experienced CEO and founder. Uh, she's an industry expert uh, when it comes to, um, you know, PR, communications, marketing. Uh, and now um, also uh, in terms of um, helping um, ensure equity and equality for women, making sure that they get paid what they're worth and make sure they get the opportunities that they deserve as well. Um, she has, I think, two decades of experience running her own businesses. So she's certainly got a lot to teach us when it comes to thought leadership. So this should definitely be an interesting chat. This it will be such an interesting chat and I'm really, really excited to chat with Fleur. So I hope you guys get so much out of this episode and future episodes. Really hope you enjoy this and thank you so much for being here. All right. Well, let's not keep them waiting any longer, Beck. Thought leaders, turn up the volume and get pumped as we welcome Fleur Madden to the Thought Leader Show. Fleur, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So, so good to have you here, Fleur. And um, it's so great to be part of the Freelancing Gems community now. I absolutely love everything you stand for. I know that you do stand for, uh, you know, um, equality in terms of pay, uh, gender equality, which is amazing. Uh, And just you're a real champion for women. Thank you. Yeah, Freelancing Gems um, is absolutely about helping women find work, but making sure they're also being paid fairly and equitably, um, equally to men. So that's really, you know, our mission and our driving force every day is, did we help a woman find a job and has she been paid appropriately? Such an incredible mission. Yep. So good. So, so good. I love it. Well, thank you so much uh, for being on the show. Let's dive into it. Certainly. How would you describe, yeah, how would you describe your personal brand in a sentence? You know, this is challenging because I also think my personal brand has evolved over time. And I've obviously had several businesses. um, And, you know, my first business was, this is not a sentence, by the way, is it? a lot more than that but we'll go with that we'll go with it um you know my first business was a PR branding and digital agency so clearly my personal brand was really important to that business um and a large part of my personality um was wrapped up in that business as well so I feel like you know when I sold that company after 14 years I then went through a stage where I was like what what is my new personal brand what do I stand for and I had always had you know my own stationery in my businesses and I had you know my own websites and my offices and everything I did was branded and then I had to step out of that business and rebrand myself and it took me about a year to decide who I was going to be as that professional moving forward. And then now I have freelancing gems and that business is also a very heavily branded business. But I think in regards to my personal brand, um, from a business perspective, anybody that works with me knows that I'm, uh, you know, a person of integrity. I'm very hardworking. I think I bring a lot of energy um, to situations And I'm also really cautious, not cautious, I'm really conscious, I should say, that my, I'm representing in in the business I'm currently in, I represent a lot of women. And so, you know, I have to talk the talk and walk the walk. Um, and so, you know, I do go, I do go bold. I go, do go deep, especially on women's issues. I'm not afraid to, to speak up and have those conversations. 
Um, and I think that that is definitely part of my own personality, but it's also part of my business brand and what I bring to freelancing gems. Yes. I love that so, so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so incredible. And I think it is hard to ex- uh, describe a personal brand in such a short, um, <laughs> such a short kind of way, but you know, it, I love how you've brought it back to the business as well and how you operate in business. Um, because I think the personal brand, like ultimately, we build that in order to thrive in business, right? Mm. Or like to thrive in our careers. And I feel mm. like that that's something that that um, we all kind of need. But I feel like many women particularly really shy away from. Do you yeah. find that as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think people, uh, it was interesting. I was actually coaching um, somebody recently for a job interview um, just around we were mock, you know, doing a mock interview of what questions they were going to ask. And, and I said to her, like, everybody at this level is coming in with a really high level of skill. So show them why it should be you that gets this job. What are you bringing? to the table why are you different what's the big wow moment you're going to bring for this organization and she was like I've never thought about it before and I was thinking what makes you the leader that is going to take this business to the next level um and give me real examples of how you're going to do that and I and I think you know there's two sides there's as individuals what our personal brand is but we're dealing with these days a lot of organizations as well on their um, businesses brand and their employer value proposition from a branding perspective to try and attract staff to them so for me um, you know I've, I've come out of 20 years in branding PR businesses but that translates across every business you are in. Every, and, and Beck, you're the same. I mean, this is your background as well, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, PR for 15 years and Andre's as well. Oh, there you go. Um, PR background. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, a little bit of everything. Um, so good. But I think it is, you're right. It's so important. I think regardless of whether, you know, you're going for different roles, you still need to have that personal brand. And also it will help to warm people before they even know you. It'll help you to attract those opportunities, right? Like if they know who you are, they know um, the kind of work that you do. Mm. Uh, they know, you know, you might've been put forward by someone mm. else, like re- recommended, referred. Mm. So it all of it kind of helps and supports, um, I think, to get to that sort of next level, to get those introductions, to mm. get your foot in the door. Yeah, definitely. And like, I, I'm also a big believer in walking and talking your brand, not only in the values of your brand, but also like I'm conscious that, um, you know, in my past businesses being PR and marketing, et cetera, you know, I was representing other people's brands. I had to look a certain way. So, you know, I don't show up to meetings with my hair in a dirty bun. I don't show up to meetings with my nails chipped and, you know, no makeup on or wet hair. Like I'm here to represent other people's brands. And then with Freelancing Gems, I'm here to represent all the women that are on our platform as members that are looking for work. So, you know, it's also about the way you personally represent yourself as well. For people that know me, I've had really bright red hair for 20 years and I've recently changed it. And that was like such a huge decision, like to change my hair. And it was really polarizing for people. (laughs) I had people contacting me going, look, I've seen you've changed your hair and I'm just not sure how I feel about it. I'm like, wow, really? You have an opinion about me changing oh, wow. my hair color, but it was a really big part of my brand and my personal brand. I, I had a similar problem for it. I had shorter <laughs> hair. I grew it out and people had a lot of strong emotions. And now people are like, don't, don't cut it. Don't cut it at all. So yes, it is real. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that's our first big lesson for the day. The power of hair when it comes to personal brand is it's real. Andres has really long, like luscious 
thick hair. You can't see it because it's actually up at the moment. But, In a like, dirty bum. Everyone comment. <laughs> I get Sorry, Andre. That's okay. That's okay. That's we'll let right. you get away with it's it. It's okay. I'm working from home today. It's fine. <laughs> Dirty bums allowed. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fleur, um, it sounds like, you know, some of those things are, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, or sort of like coincidental mm-hmm. or they kind of happened along the way in your journey. Mm-hmm. And then some of those things sound like they were very deliberate choices mm-hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, uh, developing your personal brand. What are some of those kind mm. of big deliberate steps that you've taken to grow your personal brand and what kind of impact have mm. they had? So every year with my teams, I make them do a mood board and on that mood board is things, um, you know, that they want to achieve in the next 12 months, who they want to be as a professional in that time, how they want to make people feel. And that's what branding is about, right? It's how you've made somebody feel by interacting with your with you as, as a professional. Hmm. Um, you know, so I think it is deliberate. You know, I, I definitely think about um, what sort of a leader I want to be, uh, what my leadership legacy is. You know, I've been in several different businesses and when I started freelancing gems, um, you know, this is my last hurrah. I mean, I'm not dying. Um, <laughs> it sounded like I was, you know, I don't have much time left. I do, hopefully. Not that, you know, I don't know anything that I'm aware of that's wrong with me. But, you know, I had had a business for a very long period of time. I took time out in between to really assess what I was going to do next. And so when coming into freelancing gems, like I knew that this is, you know, I'm in this for five to 10 years and I'd like to sell it at that point. Um, and so this is, this is my big bang. So I think when I came into it, I was very deliberate with who our business was as a brand and who I wanted to be as a brand. And it's definitely been an evolution as a professional. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't want my leadership legacy to be that I was just a really great CEO of PR firms. Yeah. Um, I felt I had more in me. And I didn't want to play small. I wanted to take everything that I'd learned in that business and take it to another level. Um, I was always passionate about um, women and women's careers. I had employed a lot of women um, in my businesses, hundreds of them over the years. So, yeah, I think I have been deliberate in how my brand has evolved. Um, But some things are also, I mean, I don't want it to sound inauthentic because it is me. You know, I, I don't but it's just who I decided I guess who I wanted to evolve into as a professional but it absolutely is who I am yeah and I think that in the case um, of your personal brand and your business's brands how much of your business's brands have been infused with you know Fleur Madden personal brand a lot Um, you know with the Red Republic which was my agency I actually had to rebrand it at a certain point and move it away from being so much about me because I knew I wanted to sell it. Um, And Mm. so it wasn't about me, but it had my stamp across everything. You come into my offices, they're all branded. Um, And they were, and it was bold. You know, you, you come in for a meeting with me. My PA has probably um, found out what your coffee order is. It'll be waiting on the table. Your logo will be up on the screen. You've probably received a Red Republic gift before you've walked in. Our branded video is mm. playing in the boardroom as you arrive. You know, 
the colors of the business um, are definitely, we have an interior decorator we always use now in my different businesses and, you know, the colors of each business, it's across our interiors. We had our own bespoke wallpaper. We had a flag at the Red Republic that used to go out every morning mm-hmm. and fly off the building. So, um, you know, I definitely think it's, even if it's not about my personal brand being infused in the business, which it does, but I think it's about the things that are important to me in my businesses. Um, that doesn't change whatever business I'm in. I think I carry that across. And ultimately, I think I'm good at creating brands that people want to work for, buy from, be involved with. And it's because it needs to be across every touch point. A brand isn't just one piece. You know, um, if I relate it back to freelancing gems, uh, it's in the way we recruit the job ads we place. It's our social media. Um, it's the tiles and the quotes we choose to put on social media. It's the events we hold. It's the merchandise that you can buy off our platform. You know, all of that is branded. Yes, mm. absolutely. Fleur, how did you find that transition like from um, PR, mm-hmm. so I guess a little bit more behind the scenes, mm-hmm. to being the front of the business like you are a little bit more with freelancing gems? Mm. Or do you feel like you were always the front of the business anyway with Red? Yeah, look, I was I was the spokesperson yeah. for the business um, and I was, I guess, in a certain way, the face of the business for a, a period of time. Um but definitely, I think, you know, I'm, I'm probably a lot more featured with freelancing gems. I mean, I like the spotlight. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I mean, I studied broadcast journalism and acting. So, you know, um, I and was big theatre buff and was in a lot of productions and that sort of thing. I've been in a lot of TV commercials. That that was my past life. I I, I thought I was destined to be on Broadway. I, that didn't actually, that's never <laughs> happened. That's a bit disappointing. But, um, but I was a television journalist before I got into PR. So mm. I think, you know, it doesn't bother me um, to be the front facing for the brand. Um, and I'm obviously media trained. That definitely must help. <laughs> which I think is really yeah. important for anybody who is MD, CEO or a spokesperson for a brand. So it, I'm very comfortable with talking at events around, you know, the future of work for women and closing the gender pay gap and things like that. I'm really comfortable being able to talk about those issues um, for our business. Whereas my business partner, Kirsty, um, I made her speak at an event for me recently because I was overseas and she was so nervous to do it and she was brilliant but it, that that's not her gig she does a lot of other wonderful things for our business that's not something she loves doing so I think it's also important that like you take on the roles within your business that allow you to excel and shine um and I think Kirsty and I are really good at knowing in our business what that is for her and what that is for me how much do you think like how much of that visibility would you attribute like to your success like do you think like you'd be able to do what you do without that visibility? No, absolutely not. Because any brand, people want to know who's behind it. And if you look at some of the world's leading brands, um, you know, you, you know who Richard Branston is, you know, behind Virgin. Yeah. Um, fashion designers, DVF, who I've loved for a million decades, you know, she's in her 70s and her brand has her name attached to it. I'm not a big fan of having your name attached to your brand, but, you know, in her instance, it's worked tremendously. Um you know, or you look at Bumble and, you know, so all the brands that I look to and and admire because they're really strong in how they execute across all their platforms, you know who the people are behind it. And I think 
a brand is just part of your storytelling. Yeah, I think you've hit on yeah. a really, really valid point. Yeah, really valid points for about, you know, visibility is key. It's the biggest challenge mm. that we face, mm. uh, especially, you know, <laughs> our personal brands face because, you know, big brands have larger budgets. Mm. They're always paying for advertising. Exactly. We always see those, those promoted posts and promoted mm. stories on social media. We, as individuals, may not have that. And so, yes. you know, whether, whether it comes to you building your career or building mm. a business off the strength of your personal brand, visibility is the biggest challenge you're going to face. And mm. the only way to get through that is with a really sharp, strong, distinct brand that, mm. that elevates you above the noise. Mm. It's really the only way. And look, we came into a market where uh, there weren't any other job sites specifically for female freelancers in Australia. Um, however, there are other freelancer job sites and there are also other women's communities. And we yeah. didn't really set out to be a community. We are a women's jobs platform. But, um, you know, with that, obviously women thriving communities um, and it, it's been a natural progression but how do we be different from some of the amazing women's communities that already exist? How we're different is we are a jobs platform. Everything we are driven by is helping women get work. So, you know, we have masterclasses and, and uh, we're actually launching a podcast soon. Um, we've been working on as well. So, you know, we, we, um, we have co-working days, all these things that a lot of other platforms do, uh, a lot of other communities do, but we link it back to the fact that it's all about helping women find work or it's all about women being paid what they're worth. You have to stand out from the crowd in some way. So you need to find what makes you unique. So, so good. And I, th yeah, I just love the work that you do with freelancing gents because I think that it can be so isolating as mm. well when you're mm. starting out in business for yourself. And I think a lot of, um, like more and more, I think freelancing is becoming a choice and an incredible option. Mm. Uh, but I think like traditionally, uh, you know, women might have chosen it because, you know, they, they were doing other things or they had, you know, they were coming from maternity leave and then didn't necessarily want to go back into the corporate world. But, mm. you know, I personally chose freelancing mm -hmm. um, and, you know, so that I could do other things as well and mm. build my business on the side, but mm. ultimately to have freedom. But yeah. I just think that community is just so, so key. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so key. Absolutely. And what we've realised too, and we do annual surveys, is that the challenges that that you might be facing, Beck, or that I'm facing, most people are facing. Um, and the isolating factor is huge. Um, we've actually just taken a lease on a um, new office in Brisbane and we are going to be offering co-working there for our members. Um, we can't fit everyone in. We have hundreds of members. But, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, for people that register because – Sometimes you just need to get out into a professional environment, get out of the home office. You need to have a meeting somewhere that's professional. You want to bounce something off someone. Um, you know, it's, I, I feel like I have a very, uh, you know, I don't second guess myself too much. I feel like I'm strong and decisive, but working from home during COVID when we were locked down, you know, I started, I remember emailing like my old MD uh, from the Red Republic who was then living in LA and saying like, I've got this really good idea, but like, I just need to bounce it off someone. Can I send you an email with some thoughts? Because I don't know if it is good or so even I was second guessing myself, um, you know, so I think it's just so normal, so natural. And it's really been 
eye-opening but also beautiful some of the connections that we've seen there's a lot of work that goes on between gents so they refer work to each other they bring them in on projects and that was what you know we wanted to see um and that we thought we hoped would happen and so two years in to see that happening is tremendous oh my gosh I actually feel so much more freedom knowing that I've got that network because I was thinking if I want to take leave or something mm. what do I do with my clients yes. I don't want to lose my clients absolutely and so yeah so it's like I could tap into that network and be like who you know who could take care of these clients for three yes. months or whatever yeah that's amazing I actually hadn't thought too much about that factor but I love that and um yeah, I think, you know, I know, Beck, you were watching Freelancing Gems for a little while before before you joined and we're delighted to have you um, and somebody with your level of experience be part of the community as well. And going back to like why people freelance, you know, I think there's different profiles in Freelancing Gems. There's a professional consultant that does redefining their nine to five like you who has a lot to bring to the table but doesn't need to work for somebody i mean the nine to five is dead right we know that big time um 40 hour work week <laughs> is dead too i think so i um, think so yeah for sure and then there is women who um you know have had children do want more flexibility they they can't work nine to five but they have a really meaningful um contribution to make and we shouldn't devalue that because they can't sit at a desk and only work nine to five then we've got the creative freelancers who don't ever want to work for someone else and just want to work for themselves um you know there's there's so many different profiles but the interesting one right is because we launched during COVID so we absolutely have women that joined freelancing gems because they were made redundant yeah and they didn't know where you know I remember there's one story very early on when we first opened this woman joined who was nine months pregnant had been made redundant her husband was also made redundant both from flight center and she said I'm not getting my mat leave who's gonna hire me like if you've got any remote contracts can you let me know we had her fully booked for a year Wow. That is incredible. Oh, my gosh. Yes. You know, and it's those stories that really, and because in a new business, you know, there's a lot of peaks and troughs. Um, but when we hear those stories, I'm like, oh, that's why we do it. Like, you know, that's what it's about. Oh, you you changed so many lives. Yeah. Flo, that leads me. Sorry, go on, Andres. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, absolutely. Absolutely. No, big time. Those things that you're obviously, you know, you're part of a team, it's an organization and, you know, you've clearly been helping a lot of women, particularly, you know, in that mm. pandemic season. But how do you know, how do, how do you know personally when your personal brand, something you do um, that is that is part of your personal brand, how do you know or how do you see when that's helping mm. someone and what does that feel like for you? Well, you know, I think spending a whole career in PR, I, I was helping people in their businesses like, oh, you know, we just sold you... 50,000 new lipsticks. Like, that's awesome. I'm glad to see your business is thriving. Um, but when I left PR, I knew I had done it real well and I had left nothing on the table. You know, I really gave my whole career, um, well, when, at that point, 16 years in an agency, I had mm. really done it and done it to death, done it well. I left when I drove out of the car park for the last time. I left with no regrets, but I didn't want to do it anymore. I wanted to do more work that mattered. That was like, even though I didn't know what I was going to do next, I, I set criteria for what the next stage of my career would be. Yes. One, one was I didn't want to play small. Um, so I wanted it to be a business that we would be able to expand overseas. Number two, um, I wanted to do more work that mattered. So for me, that was helping women. I didn't know how I was going to help women, but I knew that that was really important to me. Um, 
And I also didn't want to do it by myself. So I had had this business, you know, significant sized agency with four offices, including one in the US. And I had, it was huge, um, hugely stressful. You know, I started that when I was 23. I sold it when I was 36 and I stayed till I was 38. Um, and so it had to find my whole career as an adult, um, and who I was as an adult. It defined you as well. Yes. It had defined me. So when I left, I really, I really took the time to figure out, you know, what was next, but that wanting to do more work that mattered kept coming through. So I don't, you know, with freelancing gems, we don't see all the connections. We don't hear about all the stories. Only if people choose to come back and tell us. Um, We did do a video at 12 months with some of our foundation members who had signed up in the first week to see where they were now. We did not give them any scripts. um, And I popped into the filming. And there was this amazing um, member. Her name is Brittany and she's a graphic designer. And I'm sitting there and she said, I used to charge what I thought people could pay me. And now because of freelancing gems, I charge what I'm worth. And I like looked, I'm looking at my team and I'm like, did we tell her to say this? And they're like, no, this is just what happened. This is how she feels. And I, I did get tears in my eyes um, because we've worked so hard in this business and there is a personal element that we are helping women's economic outlook. You know, um, and what's interesting too is in my past businesses, I, I I guess I didn't know how big the gender pay gap was. That sounds ignorant. Um, it never impacted me, right? I was the CEO. 90% of my team were women. They were on great salaries. They weren't being paid shitty. Like we weren't comparing ourselves to other men in, in the workplace. So I didn't really understand what that looks like. And I think there's a lot of women that may not understand that but it's not about us. It's about the fact that there are women out there who are living that every day. And it's about, um, not about my personal experience, but it's about what we can do to drop the ladder down because it's not just um, impacting for us right in this second. It's about who we are going to impact moving forward. I don't have daughters. I have two beautiful sons, Um, but I definitely, I have a lot of girlfriends with beautiful daughters and I'm a godmother to, to little girls. And, and it's important for me that the next generation coming through, don't have to put up with some of this shit with gender pay gap or women retiring with less super and women in, um, raising capital. It used to be that out of all the VC, women would only receive 2.5% of VC this year. It's 0.7%. Why? How's that even possible? Wow. You know, and this is 2022. Like, it blows my mind that I didn't know all of this before. And I, in some ways, I'm like, geez, I wish I didn't know. Still didn't know because it just shits me so much. <laughs> but absolutely. But you know, that's that's my mission. That's my driving force. You are onto something. I love that so much. I get so riled up about that too, and inequality. And you know, coming from a PR background, Andres and I both, you know, very female dominated. And so, like, you know. Yes. Everyone kind of tends to earn really good money. But then, yeah, when you go into that kind of corporate world and it's like, why are women like, you know, and, and also why are there no women in leadership? Like what's happening? Yes, that's the no, big yeah. one. 
Yeah. Yeah, and they're some of the questions that we we get asked a lot from candidates or putting forward people for roles, and and that's a big piece for us that we're working on now in consulting. Um, we've we've started a new division called Gem Recruitment, and that's for full time roles, but it's also for um, you know consulting services around diversity and inclusion and employer branding because and questions we're asking is how many women are in leadership positions. You know, do you have mentorship programs that are running? And sometimes the negative things that get said, like it so blows my mind that people are happy to sit in their ignorance. Like, for instance, recently I was at an event where a gentleman said in front of a whole room of people about our business, he was like, you know, I would never use your business because you're discriminating against men. And I was like, whoa, hold on. Like, A, men can join our platform if they wish to. Like, you know, we are for women and marginalized genders, but you are most welcome to join. But you're probably not going to identify with some of the content we're putting out because the statistics don't lie. Like 54% of the female population is out of work. Like that's the statistics. Anyway, and I said to this gentleman, you know, I I explained that to him and he said, well, you know, I have 80% men in my um, company because I just employ the right person for the job. And I'm like, so you're telling me that there were no women in that 80% that could have been great candidates? And he was like, no. And I was like, well, I think you need to look at what you're offering in your organization because, you know, you're obviously not attracting, you've got a brand that is not attracting any women to it and there might be a reason yeah. for that. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it. I don't um, think I'd want to work I, for it. I, I, okay. <laughs> no, right? No way. No way. Yeah, I, I think it's it's like I, I was very fortunate to have a lot of very strong, uh, very excellent like female uh, managers mm-hmm. and clients yeah. as well in my in my mm. career um and honestly hand on heart like the female managers i had were generally better than the male managers mm. i there had you go. Yep. um however both i think from that point of view i always could like um it really helped me identify those traits of, of great yeah. leadership and qualities yeah of great managers um that were you know maybe not visible in the male managers mm-hmm. and i personally felt more kind of drawn to that mm-hmm. style of leadership and management uh and you know i'm very fortunate now in the in the um, pretend that I lead to have, you know, mostly women, I think, I, I don't know if that's, if that's something that I've done consciously or unconsciously, and I'm not saying I'm a hero or anything, but I think the value that I get um, from having that breadth of um, diversity mm-hmm. and that breadth of, uh, you know, um, expertise, mm-hmm. if you like, uh, in the business um, is, is a real differentiator. Mm-hmm. And I think it really reflects really positively on the contribution that women make to businesses, particularly when it comes to businesses in a service industry uh, where, you know, sometimes men, frankly, don't have um, that sensitivity, like probably that very kind, uh, (laughs) I'm using air quotes, kind gentleman at your event uh, had. Yeah, look, I mean, I've worked with, I've worked with great men, great women. I've worked with average women and average men, you know, I think, um, and the thing is that I think what, you know, in regards to freelancing gems, our whole bit is not like we want more women in there than men. It's just, we want equal. I want an equal opportunity for the women on my platform to put them forward for work. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, that we are working to close the gender pay gap because women in consulting or part-time work traditionally charge or get paid 38% less. Mm. 
yeah. than men do. And and really a big piece of why is because they just don't know what to charge. You know, they don't feel confident to charge. They don't have the business tools and templates there. So that's something else we made sure we did at FG was, you know, when you become a member, you get access to different business tools and templates because we do, we want women to be set up professionally and present exactly the same way that a man would in that, in that instance. Um, and so it really is just about equal opportunity. Um, and that is confronting for some people. Mm. Agreed, 100%. Um, I'm going to move on. We're, I really want to ask about the challenges around building your personal brand. So you you probably didn't have a whole lot of mindset uh, challenges around visibility because of your performing background and because of, you know, you've uh, had another business before. But have there been any challenges that you've, that you've faced when uh, building your personal brand and being more visible and how did you overcome them? So. Well, look, I think since I've had children, um, it's probably interesting like what I put out on my social and I'm not someone that just puts out the highlight reel. Like I think I am, I genuinely put things that are happening in my life. I mean, if I'm having a shit day, I don't get on there and I'm like, oh, well, it's me. Like I definitely don't do that. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I do think about what I share, um, but I think I also, when I say I think about what I share, there are th- when I mean like if something personal is going on, whether or not I bring that to the table. And, you know, I had a very long journey with fertility that um, was very devastating. You know, we had seven pregnancies. We only have two sons um, and it went on for many years. And I didn't, I was, if someone asked me what was happening, I would tell, but I would never share anything on social media or, or I'd never talk about it an event or anything like that. Um, after I had my first son, or just before I had my first son, we realized that I actually had a pregnancy related medical condition that causes miscarriage. So when I had my first son, um, I was actually contacted by a media publication who they knew me from my PR life. And they were like, we know you've had a long journey. Would you discuss it? And my husband was really hesitant. He was like, oh, you know, he's in a, he, he's an executive in a, in a corporate organization. I don't know if we should share this. And he was really like, not okay with it. And I said, you know, but I feel like sharing that is going to help someone. Um, and so we did, and it ended up being like a cover story. And there was this big photo of my family and my husband is definitely the one that doesn't want the spotlight. Um, but you know, he read that story and he was like, it turned out beautifully. And I was glad I shared it. And I was glad that I went that personal and that deep because it did help people. And I had all these women reaching out to me saying that I didn't know, like wanting to share their stories or asking who my doctor was, or could I give advice? Um, and somebody that I, I knew, you know, vaguely said, I need to know who your doctor is. We actually just left the hospital. We just had a miscarriage and we were saying we can't go again. And then we've seen your article and we're going to go again. And I need to know who your doctor is. And they now have two children. And every time we see them, they're like, thank you so much. And I'm like, honestly, I really didn't do anything. But I think being vulnerable and sharing that information, um, it really, it, it was a risk um, with being so personal, but given the fact that my brand is a professional brand, it's not a personal brand uh, in that way. Um, and, but it, you know, I'm glad I did it. And I'm glad I shared that every, every year round infant loss awareness month, I think, am I going to put anything up on social media? You know, I have had two children. I'm not the poster child for infertility. I don't wish to be. That's not something I want to talk about all the time. And then when the day comes around, I suddenly I'm happy to share something 
and I'm always glad I, I have. Flora, so we are running out of time, so I want to make sure that we get to our final rapid fire round. We're calling it the Thought Leader oh, okay. Five. And the first thing that comes to Shivers. mind. I'm not sure I read that far down in the email. That's okay. Okay, so it's going to be That's totally okay. off the cuff. <laughs> totally off the cuff, yeah? You Let's ready? go. All right, number one, your favorite book or podcast? Um, I actually, I actually um, listen to Work Party every week. So that is a US one um, by Creating Cultivate, Jacqueline. I'm not sure of her surname. But yeah, love that. Really, that's probably my top. Great one. One thing that you love to do to unwind and relax? Oh, look, being with my boys, I have two beautiful little boys. Um, and I think, yeah, being a working mum, just having that downtime with my little guys um, and with my husband as a family, just doing really basic stuff like going to the park or, you know, Sunday barbecues. I think it's really important to make that time for your loved ones. What is your dream travel destination, somewhere you'd love to go? It's on the bucket list that so you haven't been yet. Oh, haven't been yet. Um, look, the Greek islands, so... My husband and I have done a lot of travel, but we, we didn't have a honeymoon because I was pregnant. And we always were like, on our fifth wedding anniversary, we're going to Greek islands. And it's our fifth wedding anniversary in like two months. And we won't be going to Greek islands because Teddy isn't even two yet. And we just couldn't leave him that long. So Greek islands is up there. Definitely going to go in the next year or so. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Okay. End of a meal, end of a night, chocolate or cheese? Cheese. Love cheese. cheese. Love cheese. Yeah. A, a woman after yeah. my own heart. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We'll, we'll definitely have cheese sometime. A nice soft, <laughs> soft cheese, French one. Yes. And finally, if there's one golden nugget of advice you'd have for our listeners, what would that be? Um, I think it's think bigger. So, you know, I think uh, especially when we're in challenging times in our businesses and, you know, I'm in a startup. So believe me, I've been in a lot of trenches in the last few years. And it's like, how do we get out of this? You know, put on your big girl pants. You've got it all within yourself to be able to get out of this particular issue in your business. Think bigger about it. How do we get out of it? Um, and I think in anything in your business too, just thinking thinking global, getting that inspiration, you know, listening to podcasts, going to conferences, joining groups um, and networks and communities, all of that allows you to think bigger. Awesome. You nailed that. So Yay. good. So good. Well, where can we find out more about you? Or where can yeah, we find so out guys, more about freelancing gems? Yes, please go to Freelancing Gems website. So that is just www.freelancinggems.com. Uh, we have new jobs on the platform every week. Um, and yeah, I would love to see you there. But you can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn. It's just Freelancing Gems. And if you'd like to follow me, um, it's I'm on I'm on Instagram as Fleur C. Madden. Amazing, Fleur. Thank you so much for your time. It's such a great chat. We love having you on the Thought Leader Show. Thank you, Fleur. Thank you, Fleur. Oh, thank you so much. I've loved it, guys. We've just been speaking with Fleur Madden, the CEO of Freelancing Jams, and what an incredible woman. What did you think, Andres? Absolutely, yeah. I, I really loved her uh, story about how she, I guess, you know, um, superimposed in some ways her personal brand into business ideas. I think it was really um, just very kind of, you know, instructive about how you can make something practical out of your personal brand. And I think that's a big lesson from that conversation is that if you have particular values, if you have particular beliefs and things that you're 
that you're about in her case you know about um, equity and equality for women in the workplace and you know making every effort to close the gender pay gap if you have those beliefs and those values not only can they serve you for your personal brand, but they can make very, very strong businesses. It's almost the ultimate uh, work being the expression of you, right? Like business being yeah. the expression of, of you and of your highest values. And I think that that's what Fleur does so well is that, you know, she's got those incredible values and she expresses them through every area of her business and every aesthetic, not just uh, the, you know, not just the words she uses, not just the, the work that she does, but like aesthetically as well, uh, which I think is so beautiful. And I think that that's, uh, you know, that's something to aspire to for sure. I also really found um, her comments about how, um, you know, she made a deliberate decision um, to share her personal, her and her husband's personal, you know, journey about having children um, and how that was a really deliberate decision uh, and that how it had been sort of a... Um, uh, something that she hadn't thought of before, but how she understood the value that it then brought to people that were, you know, following her and uh, keeping an eye on her. And I think that's also really interesting because sometimes as, you know, business owners or, or, or leaders or consultants or whatever it is that we are, we think that we must only be, um, you know, professional in some ways. We must only talk about professional things, you know, uh, and that there isn't space or scope to bring in some of the personal. Uh, and I think she made a really good point about how it was a deliberate decision to not talk about everything and not put everything out there, but that those specific choices she felt were also aligned to her overall personal brand about supporting women and, and making sure they get, you know, the best shot possible. And that very, very much is something that um, a lot of people can consider doing. What are the parts of your personal uh, identity that can feed into your overall brand, even if you're, that's a very professional brand? I think she made a really good point that she doesn't go on social media and just complain about, you know, a shitty day or whatever. And it's not like, it's not about that. And I get that. I love that she said that because I think sometimes people can confuse that transparency and that visibility of your own personal story with, you know, just having a whinge or like, you know, mm. and, and it's like, it's not that at all. It's like, you know, does this, you know, does this story have a purpose and is this going to support other people if I share this? And if that question is yes, and it's something that you've actually moved through already yourself and you've come to the other side of it, I think that that can be a really good gauge of when to tell and share your story uh, when it comes yeah. to, yeah, like when it comes to that visibility. But I think that everyone, everyone's human, right? So we've all got these stories. And I think that people can connect a lot better with you if you do share some of that human element. Yes. Uh, like I know I, I kind of share um, various bits of my story, but, you know, one of those being that I used to be terrified of speaking in public and even speaking up in meetings. And so definitely my journey is very different to Fleur's in that she had like that performing background and had that kind of natural affinity towards speaking and everything like that, which is brilliant. Uh, but for me, I definitely didn't. I mean, I did drama in high school, <laughs> but like I certainly didn't uh, feel confident uh, putting myself out there, being visible, speaking in public. And that is something that I think a lot of my clients share, that yes. they haven't always felt confident. And I think that, that that's where I can kind of really provide that value with people because I know how that feels. <laughs> 
I agree. And, and I think that in many ways, those elements of humanity and vulnerability are really fantastic things to add to a personal brand. Uh, not sort of in sort of a cheap transactional way, but it just also, I think, helps remind us that we are, um, we are, we are people. We are sort of, you know, we have all these different layers and dimensions and that all that is, is part of the personal brand. That if someone's going to buy into you, they should be buying into the whole person. Uh, and that's a far healthier way to build a personal brand. Oh, absolutely. And I think that uh, when you are building that personal brand, it is about having that considered kind of strategic approach rather than just throwing something out there and seeing what happens. It's like everything should have a, have a purpose really. Like, does it provide value? Does it entertain? Does it connect uh, with my audience? Uh, who is my audience? Who is the audience that I'm speaking with? And then what are my messages? And then you can interweave those stories and see if it's part of uh, that message in a strategic and really considered approach rather than just kind of like firing something off. Some great lessons from Flora and a great chat. Loved it. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Thought Leader Show. If you enjoyed this chat, we'd love you to share the episode with someone you think might want to hear it and leave us a rating and a review on your podcast platform of choice. For more information about my work, visit becksands.com and connect with me on socials. And you can connect with me on Instagram or LinkedIn. See you next time, Thought Leaders. I can't believe you didn't have your hair out for that. We were talking so much about it. And then I was like. And to be fair, it is very much in a dirty bun today. So it was probably for the best. <laughs> yeah, when she said that, I was like, oh, shit, I go. I do meetings with dirty buns all the time. All the time. <laughs> <laughs>